Hello and welcome to the Blockchain and Us, where pioneers and thought leaders talk about their journey in blockchain technology, crypto assets, and the token economy. And I'm your host, Manuel Staggers. This episode has support from Core Ledger. Core Ledger is a blockchain-based peer-to-peer transaction infrastructure provider. It enables businesses to document, tokenize, and trade any type of assets in a reliable and flexible environment. Core Ledger makes anything transactable, literally anything. To learn more about Core Ledger's technology and how you can transform your business onto blockchain, visit coreledger.net. That's C O R E L E D G E R.net. Coreledger.net. My guest today is Andrea Bauer. Andrea is an innovation consultant, strategic advisor, crypto economist, and author on digital media management. She is the founder of Beam Innovation Studio and Decrypt in Berlin, and the co-founder of D-Day Network, a think tank and community of leading thinkers and creators dedicated to establish a holistic understanding of the effects of our digital era. And now to the conversation with Andrea Bauer. Hi, Andrea, and many thanks for taking time today. Thanks for inviting me. Andrea, I read on your LinkedIn profile, Andrea Bauer can always be found at the forefront of the latest technological wave. Yes. <laughs> so at the moment, currently, what is the latest technological wave? Yeah, actually, the last wave I think that, that hit me was the blockchain wave, definitely. And I uh, kind of, I, um, yeah, it went very deep into the to the community, into the discussions, being part of those discussions, uh, starting to work with projects. And uh, the more you dig deeper, the interesting it becomes, the controversial it becomes. And uh, But I very much, I think, um, uh, yeah, it's still very exciting actually to watch it and to be part of it very mm -hmm. much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you keep current on, on those waves? Uh, yeah, the last year... Years, I would say. I mean, in, I'm in the digital space for many years already, um, uh, working with telecommunication companies. Mobility was a huge topic for me, still is. And, uh, but I was always very much interested in the, the, the general digital, the discourse around digitalization and what it means for our society and how it forms us. And uh, with this, I, I always, I started in parallel to, to different projects, um, also um, salons or discussion rounds. And, um, and based on that, um, uh, a book occurred. And, um, and I think the last year I was very much, um, uh, especially in the blockchain scene, uh, invited as a speaker and uh, as panelists um, uh, to be part of some conferences and rounds to discuss what are the effects of digitalization or the, or the blockchain technology itself for society. And, um, uh, yeah, and I think the last year happened a lot. So it's, um, um, yeah, I was at many events, uh, at many, uh, uh discussion rounds. And I think, uh, this is where I gathered most of my insights and knowledge. Mm -hmm. Okay. And also currently we're in Berlin yes. at yeah. <laughs> Rent24. Mm -hmm. And, uh, How important is it to be in Berlin to spot these new trends? Uh, I think it's it's quite exciting to be here very much, and it's uh, and I can definitely say this also by looking into other cities because there are these blockchain weeks are popping up everywhere, and I what I really enjoy. I mean, I live in Berlin for many years already. Um, but, um, I, and of course there's also a startup scene, but it's very exciting also that the blockchain scene somehow kind of, uh, uh, becomes super strong here. And not just that there are many, um, uh, startups are popping up, crypto startups or blockchain startups. Um, but also there's tons of meetups, uh, uh, communities, startups, uh, Also, also corporates uh, uh, come to Berlin uh, to to be close to that community here in Berlin because it's uh, I think that the discourse is quite vivid and uh, to be here uh, it's um, yeah and it's it's also it has a good size you know the city itself so it's um, uh, and with this I think that you can easily join many many conversations and uh, and get also 
quite a diversity apart from the financial applications. So uh, very much also in other industries, like if it is media or if it is uh, energy or if it is mobility. So you have quite a diversity of, of first applications and pilot projects uh, that become real here. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Just before you mentioned the book or yeah. a book that that you uh, that you edited, I think mm -hmm. called the the crypto economy. The crypto economy, yes. Now crypto with a K. With a K, yes. It's a distinction. <laughs> it's not. It's not a. It's not a book that describes to you what cryptocurrency is. That's not the case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was the main takeaway from the book? Uh, the main takeaway, um, so the, the book is all in all, it's a, it's a, 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 a summary of uh, different discussions about digitalization of our society. And, uh, and we talked about surveillance. We talked about um, money, the future of money. We talked about the future of government. We talked about many, many things. And, and blockchain uh, was, or, or also cryptocurrencies, they, of course, they were quite a part of it. But the takeaway all in all after I finished uh, the book uh, was that it is enormous. Humanity is enormous in the sense how they create, come up with ideas around technology so they always are extremely good in, in drawing those utopian pictures of what uh, positive or, or and, and, and um, um, yeah, how technology can solve all our, all humanity's problems. And uh, so easily, um, and uh, we can end up in a dystopian world. And I think uh, it's... Um, uh, And I think most of the people who were also very much in uh, the beginning of the internet, part of that communities and part of those startups and corporations and um, uh, were back in the days like watching this, this process, um, most of them will remember that there were also tons of um, extremely utopian messages around uh, that, of course, it is always about more democracy. It is always a more about you know uh, that new businesses or that many people can earn uh, um, uh, yeah suddenly like most of the people will remember may maybe the long tail from Chris Anderson mm -hmm. and the prediction Same was book. yeah and the, the prediction was that everyone now can earn money and can have like a global market uh, with a, with just the click uh, of on a website. Um, but I think um, uh, the, the internet, and this is what we see today, turned out completely different. We have like the five major data companies in the world, the other three in China, and it's uh, and they kind of they are the huge platforms, and it's um, uh, uh, and of course you can play on their platforms, but you're it's not very democratic. Democratizing, I would say, or you're extremely also economically dependent on those platforms. So I will say that. So, so basically, the platforms make the money and not the creators. Yeah, or the, you can take part of it, but they run you, and you don't run it. And this is the difference. So the, the independency is is kind of no one talked about dependency and independency model. So who runs what? And uh, and the digital world is uh, uh, quite intransparent for for a long time, and then. Uh, a completely new situation shows up. And I think this is also the thing, this is a major thing that I took away from what digitalization is kind of producing with our social life, that there is um, uh, this um, always this kind of play of uh, utopian worlds and dystopian realities that kind, that kind of can come after. And my, uh, and what I, I just can advise everyone who is working in technology is a sort of a critical thinking. And I can just enforce people um, to, to do that uh, in the sense of concentrating on the problems we should solve and not uh, some utopian pictures that we run after uh, like golden goats or something. And because this is somehow what I think, you know, with this, uh, it's, it's, it's so easy. And, uh, but I think the good things in life, they're very hard to get, and you have to work for that. Nothing comes just so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an interesting point. And I have, um, I wanted to ask you about that a little bit later, but maybe I can ask it now. Mm. Um, because 
I mean, I sometimes have that problem, right? That I read about something or see a new technology and I'm very excited about it. Yeah. And I see only the positive side. Yeah. And then, of course, I always have to remind myself to also yeah. keep a balanced view. Yeah. Um, how do you manage to do that? Or how do you advise people to keep that balance about these technologies? Mm. Um Unfortunately, there's not a real framework like the design thinking process or something. But I really think, you know, when we are, um, think about new technologies, it's, you can, you can choose another technology, but you cannot change. You can change, you can choose another technology, but you cannot change people. So this is something that I, uh, uh, I learned over time. And if we take, uh, the, the printing press from Gutenberg, which of course helped that a lot of people got informed, but at the same time, it also triggered a lot of wars. So, uh, uh, so this is also change. How did the Gutenberg Press trigger wars? Um, because it was it also um, created in the society an ideological crash or like clash between religious, and this created war. Yeah. And, uh, and so you can, you can, with new technologies, you can have a clash of ideologies and, uh, and then, yeah, this is also change. It's not always good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, and I think, um, but al always when we think about, uh, uh, new technologies, introduce new technologies to our society, I think we have to think about what are the problems that we have very realistically. What are the problems? And I think they are quite clear today. I mean, if you think about, of course, the, the denials of climate change, I think it's quite clear that it's happening. Uh, there is an enormous uh, uh, concentration um, uh, of rich people and uh, many poor people. So there we have our supply chains are not properly managed. Uh, resource allocation could be more efficient. Our energy system should be more local and more resource efficient. So there are many, many things where we know we can do this better. And so it should be clear what the target should be when we are applying technology. And, um, and, uh, and when we apply technology, it's also always about that you should think about that there are always winners and losers in, in, the, in the game. And if we are introducing a new technology, it will definitely, there will be losers. There will always be losers and there will be winners. And the question is if there are more winners than losers in the game. And, uh, and this is because it is a virtual uh, technology. So you cannot see it. You cannot see the blockchain. I can see a printing press, but I cannot, many people cannot see the blockchain. So it's, and this is a little bit the tricky part of it, you know, so it's, you can only see then, you know, by tracking the numbers and seeing, you know, what's really happening. So is it really democratizing? So it is, uh, um, it is, you don't have a middle class in this new system. So how do you create a middle class in a DAO, for instance? So those questions are open and, uh, it, it, and, and, and an utopian picture cannot help you on this. You have to really manage it. You have to create UX. You have to kind of equip people. Will it make the world a better place? We don't know. Um, uh, and, but I only would, I think, um, uh, yeah, when it is about applying new technology, I, I really uh, uh, demand people to not become super emotional about technology. It's just, Technic. It's, it's just tech. And it uh, doesn't mean that it makes you a better person. Yeah. Or society in general, you know, and uh, I would say. Mm -hmm. Good point. Yeah. Let's speak a bit about your work as an innovation consultant mm -hmm. for companies, because that's also something you're doing. Um, how do you work with your clients usually? Um, usually um, as Yeah, in, in long-term projects. So meaning strategic conception or yeah, creating concepts and then also bringing those things also to life. Um, blockchain is a little bit different here because what I experience uh, is that, um, of course, there was a huge hype with a, with a cryptocurrency market and, uh, and of course the attraction was huge and everyone now knows the term blockchain. But, um, uh, and they put it all in their strategy, top lists. 
Some good marketing. Some good marketing, absolutely. And now I don't know what to do with it. And um, uh, and so I, I, find, I found myself more uh, to educate people and to educate people on what the technology is, where the status is, uh, where the market is, where the communities are. What are they doing? What are they discussing? Where's the direction going? Where are the open questions also? So uh, um, I wouldn't see myself as an advocate of the topic. So I'm very, I'm very much um, someone I encourage critical thinking and to really think about, is it really something that you need? How can you kind of, uh, you as a company, um, uh, be part in the conversation, know where to read your stuff, to kind of be informed, but then also know uh, uh, which which system. I mean, it's also a great question, you know, in the sense of what kind of systems do I already have, you know, and how do could they interconnect? Uh, and there, are, I think that there are super exciting um, solutions, but we are in a in a research phase at the moment, very much. And uh, so it's a lot of trial and error. And um, I started with the education. And then uh, I also am involved in some pilot projects. Um, and uh, But yeah, it's, it's quite very much uh, trial and error, finding out what really works. Uh, because in particular, you know, with the traditional definition and the architecture of the blockchain, uh, there are very sensitive data, could be like re uh, recorded forever, And, and in, in Europe, we have uh, the right to be forgotten. So it is, I think most of the things are now happening more in the machine to machine air, uh, uh, context, uh, rather than uh, like end user data, because this is very, um, uh, it is an open, a legal open field, I would say. This whole discussion, which is on chain, what is off chain. And um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I would more rather describe my work at the moment like working in a lab compared, <laughs> like being in my, in my consulting role become more a teacher role and a, and a, um, and a, yeah, pilot, pilot testing role mm -hmm. rather than a classical consultant, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But I mean, you, you work with, with big corporations as a consultant. So, I mean, I want to ask you some of the insights maybe that you have mm -hmm. on where do they see this technology in the totally wrong mm -hmm. light? Where do they maybe overestimate it, but also where do they underestimate it? What, I mean, what have you discovered there in, mm -hmm. in your work? Um, I'm actually, I would rather say that I'm more uh, involved in, in pilot project. Mm. Not only in industry, but more in the in the startup context at the moment, because there is there's more dynamic, I would say, mm -hmm. because the, but what I see in the corporate world is that they um, uh, and this is also a thing that I think it is quite interesting because we all know that the, there's there's a definition in the in the very uh, uh, um, in the sense how blockchain kind of started. So there are some attributes related to the blockchain, like being open source, like what decentralized means, um, uh, and those things. And those things are very quickly get uh, um, redefined in a corporate surrounding because it is, there are other regulations, there are other uh, legal uh, dependencies. Um, uh, and with this, you suddenly, you have like a lot of private chains and um, and maybe also another solution, you know, on how to really um, manage um, data and how to, how to, how to save them in a, in this, in this very architecture. And, um, what I see is in the end, um, just looking into the discourses within the community and also what I see in, 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 with industry partners, major industry partners, that I have the feeling that blockchain itself as a term is already gone. Because uh, it's actually what you definitely can more see is that it is more about distributed ledger technologies as an overall term. But blockchain is not blockchain anymore. There's not, first of all, there's not one, there's a, there are many. And, uh, and those many are not even like blocks and chains anymore. It's, uh, yeah, it is more about distributed ledger technology, but this is not, um, 
it can be such a different solution that is uh, behind, uh, you know, a certain use case. And uh, so um, it's, but going back to your question, it was more like what's underestimated. It is, I think, um, the question is always, I think, you know, uh, do they really take advantage of this this kind of uh, architecture? I'm not sure. It's it, because big industry partners, uh, what's what's the, the technology is kind of evolving, and I think we are now in, I would say, in year ten. It is in year ten now, and uh, technologically, uh, but re regarding the business, the business cases, we are maybe in year two. Hmm. You know, that it's kind of, you know, kind of that people started to understand what it means. And, uh, and, and this is quite an, um, uh, a complex thing. What's, what's kind of coming up here because we have suddenly this whole new field of token economics. And, um, uh, where you, uh, where I see actually that, um, we will see another level of microeconomics. So that things becoming um, uh, th interactions that are not measured yet can become a business case. So that uh, things that get... Uh, um, uh, Do you have an example for this? Um, I mean, you know, and this is maybe, you know, a, a, f a world that I want to see as actually. Um, uh, and uh, we know about... That, uh, that resources got wasted, you know, we have a lot of resources in our supply chains that just like fall off and n no one is measuring them. And I would just, uh, for instance, you could measure and incentivize through tokens maybe, and it's just theoretical right now, of course, uh, to kind of track, track and trace is kind of, is, a, is one of the use cases that we are, uh, uh, yeah, trying to realize in this, in the blockchain real, um, to avoid electronic waste, for instance. And so suddenly you can really uh, track uh, electronic waste and make like a secondary or a third or a fifth market even before you completely, uh, um, yeah, b before it's really become waste. So that, that the, 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 uh, the reuse of resources becomes more. And with this, you have suddenly new marketplaces. That where we have right now, we are talking about a secondary market, maybe even with cars. And, um, but then, you know, yeah, we, it's just about, you know, to use things and resources longer. And, uh, and with this, maybe even creating a real circular economy. Mm -hmm. Through new incentives. Through incentives. And, and, uh, and because it's like, it's everything is like automized. And, uh, when we have like, because what we have today, we have like um, legal entities that they are that are um, distinguished from each other. So and uh, but we see more and more um, uh, use cases where suddenly entities who are not legally bound to each other have now an independent platform where they get an automized process where they can all just work together or the services get just interlinked and automatically get get paid by the machine-to-machine -machine interaction. We have a, such a use case with Deutsche Bahn, for instance, uh, which is connected then to the taxi driver. And so you can buy one ticket and then uh, you just, yeah, everyone gets his share and, uh, and the platform is managing it. I mean, these are, and these are things that only can happening with a blockchain technology, actually, uh, to get like, Legally in the, uh, separated entities have suddenly a connection and you don't have this administrative, um, yeah, uh, overhead suddenly, which is so cost intense. And also not the leakage like Uber or Airbnb, who yeah. now is the platform yeah. and extracts all the data yeah. and the value. Of course, those platforms that are always public, you know, like, like open, open source, um, but uh, this would be actually the goal to really open also this information up for the many would be interesting. And um, also another case, you know, I, we discussed just lately, it was about uh, the, the VAT, you know, between the European states. Value added tax. Value added tax. And normally when you like go somewhere, you can actually apply the tax so that you can get it back. And it's, uh, I heard it's like a massive, um, a lot of money is just, 
not really everything is lacking in payment and so it's 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 a real issue between the european countries to kind of manage the vat right this could be a solution this could it could be a technology but this things need really then be open source and to be um seen by everyone that it's not could be it's not uh, that you can't just uh, um yeah that it's not corruptible that this is very important of course But it's all theory, right? I mean, it's all, uh, I mean, you have to, this is all, uh, 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 yeah, trial and error because it's not just by, we are thinking about it. We kind of can imagine it, but still, I think bringing it into life that there are a lot of, uh, there are always obstacles, you know, that you can corrupt a system. And this is what I want to say, you know, this is very important. So it's not because we're just so innovative and think about new things and we have found a problem and blockchain might be the solution doesn't mean there are always side effects. And uh, and I think especially when we are talking about all these exponential technologies, like Ray Kurzweil is describing them, um, uh, they can kind of uh, yeah, save the world <laughs> within a few days, but they also can take us down down you know the drain it's it's it, they're both both directions are possible so it's um and this is also what i mean you know especially when it comes to government it's uh, i'm super critic uh, uh when people say blockchain is per se democratizing everything i don't think this is right mm. it's it's easily it's easily corruptible you can create a, a, a an autocratic system without seeing it and uh, and you think everything is fine Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode has support from Core Ledger. Core Ledger is a blockchain-based peer-to-peer transaction infrastructure provider. It enables businesses to document, tokenize, and trade any type of assets in a reliable and flexible environment. Core Ledger makes anything transactable, literally anything. With Core Ledger, it's highly dependable, fast to implement products, businesses can reduce costs and improve processes. Individuals can benefit from the full ownership of their own assets and make transactions directly with another party. To learn more about Core Ledger's technology and how you can transform your business onto blockchain, visit coreledger.net. That's C-O-R-E-L-E-D-G-E-R.net. Coreledger.net. I see your point. I'm, and it's a big, it's a big discussion. Yeah. You know, I think that's starting now. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it was uh, on one hand, you know, I see that uh, the, the, um, there are great ideas coming, you know, with this technology for sure, you know, and the messages. But what really concerns me is when I hear, you know, when, when people say, when it sounds like, you know, they are creating like political terms to me. How can you say that a technology is trustless? It's just bullshit. It's just, it's not trustless, you know? I mean, my first book, uh, it was an academic word, is, uh, I, I, and it was about trusting a mobile payment. And what I kind of, and when you look at trust from a sociological perspective, you see the trust is changing over years, you know? When, uh, for thousands of years, we, we, when we used the word trust, we actually, we always used it when we, are des- we described our relation to the gods. Mm, interesting. And this was the, when I, so when I, for thousands of years, when I used trust, I meant my relationship to gods, to the gods. And with this, we had re- routines, you know, and with this, we kind of described, uh, we, we had prayers, uh, and all those kind of interactions with those gods. Uh, yeah. and then our society changed, you know, the whole system changed. Um, and suddenly when persons and, and, it, you know, it became, the cities were created, uh, and were managed, the government changed. And suddenly also the term trust changed. So and the meaning of it. And suddenly it was describing more the interpersonal trust. With this also the other rituals came, the handshaking, the making a contract with the signature. And like, you know, I owe you something, all those things. And um, uh, and then these systems, uh, uh, the cities become countries, you know, and also global global money systems. And then we created, you know, the suddenly we were, We developed in our societies the institutional trust. So not the one-on-one, the little commune, but I trust a bank. I trust a government. And um, uh, and uh, Nicholas Luhmann described that as system trust. And, uh, and what I see now, 
uh, is just another form of system trust. But it's more, it is a sort of a, a trust into the protocol. Trust in numbers. Trusting right. in, 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 in an algorithm in the end. But trust is not gone. It's just, it's changing its format. And because you will not, we would not sit here if you would not, uh, uh, if we would not trust each other or if you wouldn't trust, you know, the plane that brought you here. So there are many moments that you trusted before we ended up here. So there is no society, there is no economy, there is nothing without trust. Trust is just changing. And how trust is, how, how it changes is uh, in the end uh, says a lot about how our social interactions are, what's the mindset of this, uh, of our, what's our mindset of our society. I mean, that's interesting. Let's say we now talk about trustless systems. Yeah. What does that say about our society? Yeah. What does this say about our society? Do we get more intelligent? Do we get more stupid? This is always the question that I think, you know, we kind of be following like cows <laughs> in, a, <laughs> in a system, you know, we, we're following the signals of the machine in the end. And if it's red, we stop. And if it's green, we go somehow, um, you know, and this is a little bit... Um, Uh, will it corrupt our free thinking? Do we have a free thinking? You know, it becomes very philosophical, such a question. And it is philosophical. And I think, um, the th you know, the thing is, um, uh, I don't know which f a philosopher said this. It, was it Kant? Maybe. Um, uh, it was, what's, what's freedom? And the answer is, freedom is if, if you have the possibility to say no. And if a system doesn't allow you to say no, you are per se, you know, you're very much, you know, you're not free. And I think this is the thing, will those systems give us the opportunity to say no sometimes on the way we live? And uh, and this is the question that I have. I mean, so meaning that's a, that's a criticism of immutability of that of that characteristic of blockchains. Immutability, uh, automatizing things, you know, mm. because what you, what you, your, uh, uh, you, when you like, also when it comes to the consensus algorithm, I think, you know, it is a, you're automizing a consensus. So where's the freedom to say no? Where's the discourse? Do we have a discourse anymore? Because we already, we already, you know, social media already corrupted our political discourse. Um, and I think, uh, I'm not sure if the, if this is like improving our political, uh, thinking of the many, uh, is it like, do they understand, do, do the many understand, you know, what, what kind of, um, what they're signing into sometimes, you know, and, um, who can change it, you know, even if you are complaining that also legal systems today are very complex, still you're speaking the language you can, you could read it. Most of the people will not be able to read uh, program, uh, you know, computer language. It will just not happen, even if especially not when machines write it. Right. It's just it's 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 just you know it is another utopian picture. You know that everyone should become a programmer. This will not be the case it, because you know there are just uh, differences in intelligence, in language, in many 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 things. So it's a very um, 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 you know. Yeah, it is just, um, um, you could say white beauty man, or very, you know, westernized, uh, luxurious position to say this. You know, if we have, if people like have uh, the, the equivalent like education and stuff, it's, but it's even those people and not everyone is like a programmer. Mm, it's, interesting. I mean, it's, it's good that you bring it up because that would have been one of my next questions, mm -hmm. you know, the skills yeah. for the future and, and they're, I mean, I often ask that questions to people I speak with, and, and of course, many say you need to be able to program, you know, without hesitation. Some people say that. Obviously, it's programming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what's, what do you think is a very important skill for people to, um, you know, to play a part in the future? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, programming, I think, you know, without me wanting it, learning, I just learn it because I, it's a side effect. I'm not a, I'm not a coder but I can read some sort of text 
to understand. But still, of course, I'm not a I'm not a coder. Um, what are the? Uh, I think you know to a huge skill will be you know actually asking the right questions when it comes to technology, uh, and uh, being uh, still um, being able to think critically. Just realistically, not even crit critical, constructive, you know? I mean, this is what humans are always created technology. I mean, it's like, it's a long, we have a long track record in creating innovation, technology, whatever. So this will not go away. Uh, but I think uh, the thing is now, you know, with digitalization is that it becomes a more, um, an indirect, it has a more indirect in, uh, influence on our society and how we interact with each other and how we see the world and uh, how we see nature around us, uh, how we interact with nature and how we exploit nature. And uh, I would also, I would um, just uh, think that it is a very important skill to sometimes step out of this bubble and to kind of have an, a meta perspective on it and see what the real issues are that we are having in the world. Uh, and this is quite, of course, it's, not, it's, it's a challenging thing, you know, to step out there and to watch, to, to watch it. And, uh, but still, I think this is one of the major skills because you need this kind of meta perspective to understand why are we using this technology? Because the last years also around blockchain is very much, you know, we have a technology centered discussion. Now it slowly goes into the user centered discussion. I would uh, advise and would love, you know, and I think it's super, super, super urgent to have a purpose-centered discussion. Why, are we use, why, why do we need all this shit? <laughs> you know, we have so much of it. We have so much stuff around us. And so, and that maybe all this stuff, you know, blockchain can bring and can, but prove it. You know, the people who are realizing it, they are the ones, you know, who are coding this, these highways, these data highways, these protocols, this government system, you know, and, uh, but, you know, everyone has problems. <laughs> and I think this will not go away, you know, just by having a technology. So meaning, um, critical thinking, meta perspective, asking the right question. Purpose-centered. How do you develop these skills? I mean, if you, let's say somebody says, oh yeah, that's exactly the skills I need. How would they go about developing them? Um, yeah, it's uh, reading a lot of philosophical books, <laughs> actually, because the, um, and this has nothing to do with technology in the end. It's your own, uh, it's your own hard drive up there. <laughs> and, yeah, people and forget they have a very powerful computer. <laughs> They carry around with them all the time. <laughs> yeah, every day. And uh, to clean to clean your hard drive up there, I think. And and old and philosophical books who are kind of, you know, have a, a proven track record. You know, because this is always the thing, you know, this is always the, uh, like, the, uh, of course, I, I love to be in innovation and I love to be, and, I lo uh, and I'm super excited about new technologies at the same time. But um, there's also, you know, there's always this, this next one, next one, next one. Uh, atmosphere around it and uh and i kind of i more and more appreciate uh old wisdom hmm. that it that it's kind of it's still here you know we still read plato we still read like uh mephisto you know because there are some things that haven't changed hmm. and we sh first you know should understand those what are those things um uh before we are hot coding it into blockchain because There, there, you know, people don't change, <laughs> and it's uh, um, uh, and before you like create like systems that run, for instance, the global AI. What's the difference to like, uh, um, yeah, and uh, imperialism? What's mm -hmm. the difference? Just run by an AI where three people can understand what it does. It's imperialistic thinking. Um, I mean. It's just, you know, to understand uh, what do we want to solve and um, before we are kind of uh, making a solution for everyone on the globe, it's kind of, I don't know, I, I like diversity. Hmm. This is what I enjoy here in Europe. 
Mm-hmm. Good point. <laughs> what's uh, what's your favorite book? I mean, of course, there is Harari. I really admire at the moment very much. Um, I uh, I read just lately some essays from Epicurus, um, old Greek. He studied happiness. I enjoyed a lot. Um, that's my favorite book. You know, when if you mentioned these books that somebody should read to learn critical thinking or just at least get some inputs about how to think more critically. What, what is, what is a book there that you, that you could recommend? <laughs> okay. Not Nietzsche. <laughs> Wait, which one? I think, um, Zarathustra, of course, um, God is dead because it's very much about, you know, the mindsets and, uh, the gods that we are creating And, um, yeah, Nietzsche is great, an enormous thinker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That would be my spontaneous answer. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, and we'll put a link in the description. You know, speaking of learning skills, I mean, we spoke about some of the skills that are good to have mm-hmm. to cope with, you know, the future and digital technology or technology in general. Mm-hmm. What are some of these skills that you're currently learning? for yourself? Uh, I think what's, um, yeah, this whole topic of um, uh, uh, tokenization, I think it's quite uh, interesting because there are so many things are coming together um, uh, apart from um, just creating digital money. It's also this, this flavor of macroeconomics, which is coming in uh, a game theory Uh, so I really enjoy reading about those things because it, it makes our money system so um, so tangible in a mathematical sense, I think, which is quite interesting. If you suddenly think, I, of course, and I also have I've really a, a respect, I have a huge respect, you know, to create a system like this that we are having at the moment, even if it's, of course, there are a lot of things that are critical about it, but then you see it's just a mathematical thing, you know, it's just to say that some have a lot of those num- numbers on their account and others have less. And it's just, you know, um, where more and more think about, yeah, it's um, equality, inequality. Um, um, how can you, how can you uh, create system that in the long run just create uh, more equal, uh, um, yeah, spreading um, uh, wealth just more equally? Or it's still dynamically, of course, you know, um, uh, but just, you know, that people do not end up, uh, cannot act anymore because they do not have enough coins on their account and become like, uh, you know, like depressive and creates a lot of anxiety and or like people go on the street because they just don't have enough. And I think and when you like learn about token economics, it's just, you know, It seems like, yeah, can we not just, this is the thought that I have. It's like, can we not just, you know, make it um, more equal? Because in the end, it's just digital, it's just numbers. Of course, and the crypto scene did not prove it yet, you know? It's very hierarchical what happened there. It's not, yeah, huge wealth it's, not it's not a proof of concept that we saw so far. It's the opposite, actually. Actually. So uh, I don't, I'm not uh, a fan what happened the last years, you know, it's, uh, I think it's too, way too speculative. Uh, uh, I, I mean, there are great, you know, thoughts, but the practice is horrifying. It's worse. Hmm. Speaking you know? of, of horrifying, um, what, uh, what are some developments, you know, apart from that inequality that's kind of taking hold? What are some other developments, you know, that you see hmm. that you find scary or <laughs> troubling? Yeah, it's, I think, you know, on one hand, I think it's enormous, the speed that I see in this blockchain context. It's incredible. But I, I also had the chance to, uh, just in the last month, to talk more with public institutions uh, here in Berlin and where there's a discussion about a digital strategy for Germany and to kind of think about, so what should this con- this paper, this strategy paper look like? What's in there? What, what are the suggestions? What are the regulation maybe even? And w- what is really scary is that there, 
that the speed of working is so enormously different. I mean, the blockchain world, the community, uh, everything, in a year, so much things happened and they brought out a paper. This is how it feels, you know? So, and I think, and it's, uh, um, and at the same time, it's, I think it is necessary to, there need to be a discussion between them because I don't believe in the, they are good and we are good and they are bad discussion. This is stupid. And um, we are, um, need, you know, the many and we are a community. And so there need to be an exchange of, uh, of understanding, of knowledge, because, you know, I'm also, when I'm in these uh, institutions, you know, I see also that these people try for sure to make a society run. And uh, it's not easy. Um, and, um, and the crypto world also prove in the last years that it's not easy, even if they have the best intentions. And, um, so I would, uh, I see quite of a challenge to adopt them. This, the speed of the public and the private sector. Mm -hmm. It's uh, because it's, um, uh, and at the same time, I think it's, um, yeah, because it, I think it's needed. Do you think the public sector is kind of missing the boat? They're so hard to try, of course not. And, uh, but it, it's, it's, they're, 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 I think that's a little bit, you know, the, the problem between uh, a po the political mind and the economical mind, uh, the entrepreneurs and the people, you know, who are like the shakers and makers in this scene, they are, uh, they have an entrepreneurial mindset or they, they are, they are, they are, um, um, they want to see a result. They're result driven. Uh, politicians, they are gender setting driven. It's different. <laughs> it's completely different. Agenda setting. Agenda setting. So they are like, okay, what are what, what kind of regulations should we do? You know, what is also you know in the 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 the, the um, in the uh, in the sense you know that we find regulations for uh, yeah for the many you know and what is the the the, the average sense what would what, work for the for the many you know a little bit the. Uh, Kant's uh, uh, categorical imperative, you know, and it's, it's, it's also quite challenging to kind of, you know, find this, especially in a topic when you have no clue <laughs> what this thing is. And um, um, yeah, so. Um, do you have, you know, in your career or also in your work, um, you know, as an advisor in this whole tech space, do you have any role models that you, that inspire you? Mm. Role model. That's a good question. Um, uh, uh, yeah, there are so many, I think, you know, I don't, I'm, I mean, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I love a lot of, there are most of them, maybe, you know, that I, I love when I read uh, texts from people, because it just shows me, you know, how they're really, how they're seeing the world. And of course, there are many philosophers and, uh, and just, yeah, writers. And I admire, for instance, you know, Harari a lot because, um, or also, uh, others, you know, like David Graeber, you know, who are like coming from such a different angle and giving us an incredible understanding, uh, to better understand what technology wants in our society. David Graeber wrote that book about debt. Is, is yeah, that? exactly, exactly. And, um, and, uh, but he's an anthropologist, you know, and he writes about economical, uh, an economical structure in the end. And, uh, which is absolutely more, um, uh, me being an econ economist, uh, I thought this was really, there were many enlightening moments for me in this book. I thought, yeah, this absolutely makes more sense than any other economical book that I wrote, read, you know, classic, like classic ones. Of course, read Adam Smith and those things. But anyhow, so, uh, and I admire those who are thinking uh, broad, who are thinking really interdisciplinary, who are able to connect the dots um, uh, and kind of understand, you know, to, to, to create this meta level, you know, uh, because I think it's very rare. Something like Harari became rare, you know, like, uh, that he became so popular. It's, it's amazing. Um, uh, it's because it's also, you know, the, the, and he's a historian, yeah. I think. 
It's it's incredible. You know? And they but maybe the historians they are the best, you know, the anthropological people and the historians, they give you they give you the insight. Mm. They give you the connections and uh they they make the connections and I I'm I think this those sorts of work is so important. Uh and ro and it's more maybe more a role model of how you should think. Mm-hmm. Uh and be to connect the dots in the end. Um yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. What's uh, in the next few years? What's on the horizon for you? What's on the horizon? I think um, there will be, of course, um, um, blockchain will be a part of it or DLT, better to say. I think it's more, yeah, DLT and distributed ledger technology to not just throw around <laughs> shortages. Um um, but still, I think that, um, uh, we will, we will experience, um, uh, that it's not just about, of course, this one silo technologies. I, I see, uh, um, what's going to happen is, of course, it's going to be interlinked with other technologies, alt systems and other, uh, um, yeah, exponential technologies to use this word again, uh, this term again, uh, like AI artificial intelligence. Um, so I think it's going to be very exciting to see the media uh, convergence and how this will show up uh, uh, in the next years um, and what, yeah, the technology can do and cannot do. I exper- I, I imagine that the first solution is going to happen in the machine-to-machine realm uh, because there it's kind it's easier uh, to, to, to test around Especially in Europe, we have this uh, um, GDPR situation. So, of course, it's easier now to to, to more uh, understand. Okay, what can we? What solutions are there uh, that makes our economy more resource efficient, more transparent, uh, um, and uh, our economy more stable for the many? Um, uh, so, um, yeah, and I hope. Uh, that there will be the transparency that uh, that the technology actually, yeah, predicted from the beginning. But I think it is hard work to, uh, work to to fulfill what the what actually this uh, utopian picture was from the beginning. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Interesting point. Uh, where can people find you? Um, so uh, social media, of course, um, classic LinkedIn. Andrea Bauer, and uh, there is also, of course, a website, um, uh, andreabauer.org, or uh, the consultancy, if people are interested in this, uh, Beam, it's B-E-A-M minus studio, like the studio, S-T-U-D-I-O, uh, dot com. All right. Beam Studio. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, Andrea, this was great. Thanks a lot for Thank taking you. time. Thank you. It was fun. Thanks so much for joining us today. More info on our guests and our sponsors is in the show notes of this episode and on the podcast website, theblockchainandus.com. To help people find this podcast, it's important that you download, subscribe, and give it a top rating and review on iTunes or on the podcast platform of your choice. I'm Manuel Staggers, and I thank you very much for listening. <laughs>